0: You know, if you're like me, you have lots of questions when it comes to your kids. I think if only parenting came with a step-by-step book, wouldn't that be great? But of course, it doesn't. And now that I have a teen in my house, social media is a thing for us. And that brings into play anxiety, self-esteem. And that's just one of the topics that we're going to go over today with our expert. I'm Gina Melton with the Just Kids Health podcast from Children's Hospital and Medical Center. Join me as I talk with the region's pediatric experts about everything related to children's health, from medical issues to mental health, all to keep your children healthy, safe, and strong. And isn't that what we all want? So just sit back and listen, or you can multitask like I always do. Now, today we're going to welcome pediatric psychologist, Dr. Sean Akers with the Children's Behavioral Health to discuss kids' adolescence and self-esteem. Welcome today. Good to see you. Thank
1: you. Appreciate you having me today.
0: You bet. Now, I think there are all stages here of life from toddlers up to I have a teenager in my house that this could apply to. But at what age does a child become self-aware, I guess?
1: You know, that's a, that's a good question. It's a difficult question because it's, a, it's really a developmental process over time. Mm-hmm. And it's not something uh, where we expect, So, like walking usually occurs right around you know, age one. Uh, being self-aware is something that uh, is a gradual process that occurs over time. And, you know, I mean, there's some adults that I consider not particularly self-aware. So, we, you know, we, we have to <laughs> right. sort of put it in context a little bit. Sure. Um, when we talk about being self-aware, we re- I really think about it as being aware of our own thoughts and our feelings and our behaviors and our impact on others and, and mm-hmm. the world. So as I, as I think about children, I think about that middle elementary school kind of kid where they are Typically playing with everybody and and they're open and and it's not they're not as aware of the social stuff that's going on in the world. but when when do they become more aware of that? And we think about kind of that late elementary school, middle school. Um, one of my daughters is a sixth grade teacher. And you think about those eleven, twelve year olds. Uh When they start breaking up into groups mm-hmm. and they start being able to see their differences between themselves and other people and how that relates to to the more wide world and and that 's where I really see some of that awareness coming in
0: that's interesting, kind of like the clicks and things like that that you know exactly. that I saw in high school and and things
1: yeah exactly. Now, then the, the last part of that process is, is when people start becoming a, more aware, not only of their own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, but mm-hmm. that other people have thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that may be different from themselves. And that's, that's again, a little bit more later down the line. Uh, because, you know, as kids, there's a, there's a part, younger kids, they start thinking that um, everybody feels, must feel the way I feel. You know, they're sure. just sort of self-centered in that respect. And so it, it is a developmental process that happens over time.
0: Well, Dr. Akers, how do kind of children develop self-esteem? You know, how does that, how does that come about?
1: It's, a, it's another really good question. And I was thinking, you know, when you did the introduction, that if there was a manual, wouldn't that be wonderful? <laughs> wouldn't
0: that be great? <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. Could you come up with one of those? Yeah, <laughs> a 20-page 20, 20 manual that would fix everything. <clears throat>
1: And so one of the things I'm always going to go back to on this, though, is to always remember early development, uh, that when when babies are born, what's really important is that they're born into an environment that's safe and secure and loving and nurturing, uh, because that sets the stage for everything. Now, you know, we don't remember our infancy Uh, But that's so important to developing everything else later that we, you know, taking good care of our babies, uh, getting their needs met, their physical needs met, their emotional needs met is so critically important. And, and, you know, we don't necessarily immediately associate that with self-esteem, but that sets the stage for things so much. Then beyond that, it's allowing them to... uh, gain skills. So, you know, think of, of, even toddlers as they're learning how to roll over and crawl and then walk and run. They're gaining skills as they grow older and they're gaining skills sometimes daily. Mm-hmm. And then as they, as we do that, one thing about self-esteem is learning competence. You know, they're, they're learning skills and then they're learning to be good at them. You know, and, and I remember my kids, all my kids are adults now, but I remember when they, uh, they ran everywhere Right. They, <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, they you know when they learn to run, and then you know you, you're going through the house, and they just have to go to the, the kitchen to their bedroom, and they're running because that's just their that what brings them joy, and they're and they're good at it, and they're and that makes it fun for them.
0: Absolutely. And now as an adult, I feel like that all the time. I'm just running here and running <laughs> there. Right. Well, as parents, how do we kind well, of Affect our child's self esteem and how can we kind of help with that? I mean, you know, hearing like, should we be telling our kids, you're beautiful or you're so smart?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, so with this, I think I'm going to first be a little bit more broad. So, Mm -hmm. how do we affect? Uh, first off, we affect in our genetics. I mean, the, our biology is passed on. You know, uh, every kid is different. I, you know, I, I have three kids, uh, and all three of my kids are different. They have different temperaments, different personalities. Uh, they approach the world a little bit differently. Uh, and there's no judgment there, but some are, some are a little slow to warm up and they, they take the world a little bit slower and they want to get their bearings and other kids are more extroverted and outgoing and they, you know, they're, and other kids are fearless and they just want to try everything and go everywhere. And, and I think it's important to understand that's why there's no manual, right? There's no, uh, because every, we have to take into account their temperaments and their personality as well. Uh, is their biology and then, and then their environment. And so as parents, we affect it by the biology. Uh, We affect it by the environment that we provide. We affect it by what limits and guidelines are we going to set on, on our kids as they get younger or as they, uh, from their young, as they get older. And then what kind of feedback do we give them? Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's really important. Like I, I have a family member who, um, wanted to do things in high school, but their but their parents felt that uh, some of those activities were dangerous. So, oh, cheerleading is dangerous, so I don't want you to do that. Right. So they weren't able to try out for some of the things that they wanted to do, even though they wanted to. So, you know, we affect our kids that way in terms of what choices and boundaries we allow them.
0: That's interesting that you say that, because with my son, Parker, I wouldn't let him play football until he got into high school and he was so mad at me. He's like, mom, you know, I'm so far behind now that you wouldn't let me do that. I'm like, yeah, but you know what? Your safety is really important too. So, and, and that's just my personal opinion, but it, that is kind of interesting. And the other thing that you said that really resonated with me is I have two boys and they could not be more different. You know, I mean, they are just, they could not be more different in, in their ways. And I love each of them for, for, you know who they are and and I also deal with them differently you're right about that
1: I bet you have to approach them a little bit differently
0: yeah really I do because they they're just completely different kids mm-hmm. but but that makes things interesting
1: <laughs> but then you know, interestingly they're going to bring up well you treat them differently or you, you you know why don't they have the same guidelines as mm-hmm. as as I do and and that again creates a sometimes a little bit of a different um sort of dynamic that goes on because our our kids personalities are different
0: And the whole building self-esteem with our kids that, you know, that whole thing is just sometimes I feel like there's a line there that I don't, I'm not sure where that line is. Like, really, should I be, you know, sometimes I think, oh, every kid should have an award. I want my kid to have an award, but that's not, that's not really how the world works. So are we setting them up for failure by doing that?
1: Mm -hmm. You know, and that goes into some of the other uh, thoughts that I had later on is, uh, how do we give them feedback? You know, mm-hmm. what is the best way to give them feedback? And when I was raised in the in the nineteen seventies, is very different now of, of getting a you know a, a trophy on everything we do or or you know do we overpraise kids versus underpraise? And, mm-hmm. and I think those are those are valid arguments.
0: Yeah. Now social media. Now that my son is in high school, I worry about that. I'm on social media, and it can be difficult mm-hmm. to navigate. So, how can you build positive self-esteem in the social media era
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know the research is a little mixed on that and uh but when i take a step back from social media uh think about this the internet at large Mm -hmm. right the the internet in general uh if we give our kids unlimited access to the internet that's a scary place for for a lot of people for a Mm -hmm. lot of kids especially um now uh, the thing that I have to, um, my, my, my default is always uh, be careful about avoiding things because social media is, is everywhere, right? It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the reality of, of our life. And so I don't usually advocate uh, just never allow our kids to do social media, mm-hmm. um, so avoiding it. Um, but there are different ways of approaching social media that I think that, that you know, I would always advocate and, and I try to, to use with my own kids. Mm-hmm. And one of them is remembering that social media in general, people use it to highlight their life.
0: That's true. Only the best, right? It's the
1: best, right? The one best of the best. One of my friends is in Hawaii right now. And Hawaii right now versus a, uh, the weather that we're having, you know, looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> for really sure. I really wish that I was I'm, I'm envious of my friend in Hawaii right mm-hmm. now. Uh, but, uh, you know, remembering that people don't generally post things on social media that is... Uh, Oh, I just had an argument with my kid or something like that, 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 you know, they're highlighting their life. And so it's, it's important to keep that in mind.
0: Right. I know I do that on social media. You know, I'm on social media a lot for the radio station. And I think about that, like, should I be putting up some Mm. stuff that's, you know, that's not the highlight of my life. But I think people don't want to see my crazy hair in the morning. (laughs) It's neat. Nice. Have you heard of this, this dove campaign that they had this real beauty research that, you know, teen girls just want their parents to kind of communicate better with them. And this includes frequent, open and honest conversations and things like that. I mm-hmm. think that that's really neat. And I think our kids are looking for that honesty. Do you agree with
1: that? I, I do. Um, you know, that's a, uh, there's, there's a, I think sometimes a misnomer that, that our Kids, as they get older, want less contact with us mm-hmm. uh, and, and that we, we should let them, you know, sort of give them, certainly we give them more independence as they're into teenage years. But uh, I think what's true is that they, they actually really still need that contact mm-hmm. and, and that open communication and the ability to, to talk to us.
0: hmm so I, I want to circle back to the social media thing, because I think, you know, as a parent, again, that's, that's critical for me yeah. right now, because I've, I've kind of allowed my, ki- my older son to be on there a little bit, but I don't know, like the Snapchat stuff, and the Facebook, <coughs> and the Twitter, and I mean, what, what kind of limits, is it different for every kid, the kind of limits that you put on them, so that they don't get so, you know, in, involved in this, you know, idea?
1: Yeah, you know, I I think back that that one positive about social media or having internet access is that it does allow us. It, it could be a teaching tool to allow us to teach our kids moderation. Mm-hmm. You know, we can uh, we can do some of these things, and then we can put it aside, and we can do our uh, play baseball, or we can do our activities, and we can play family games, and we can have dinner together without all these things that we don't necessarily have to uh, be on these, uh, electronics as much as sometimes kids are mm-hmm. and that we can teach them that, that it's okay to be on, but it's also okay to be off that we don't have to use that as, as, uh, as important as sometimes people use.
0: Right. And I think s- self-esteem when you're talking about boys and girls, that's a whole different thing. I only have boys, mm-hmm. so I would talk to them probably different than I would, would girls, right?
1: Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think most of us would agree that that, um, one issue with society is that there's a lot of comparisons and it's easy to compare ourselves to others. Mm -hmm. It's easy to, whether it's social media, social media makes it very easy to compare ourselves to others. Um, but you know, whether it's magazines or television or movies, uh, there are all these images of, of, uh, appearance and how we present ourselves and, uh, and, and I think it's very tough. It, it's tough for girls as well as boys, just in different ways.
0: Well, and just what we emulate as parents, right? How we kind of approach life and, you know, oh, I look, go up to the mirror and I say, oh, I look so ugly in this outfit. I look so fat in this outfit. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, those are things that we're, we're passing on to our kids, whereas yeah. more of the positive talk. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hear us. That's right. They hear us. Yeah. Are there some good words we can use when it comes to self-esteem? You know, I mean, are there specific (laughs) words you would say, like if I'm talking to my kids about self-esteem that you would would suggest using? You
1: know, I want to go back to the the praise uh, sort of thing. I do think that giving feedback to kids is important. Um, The one thing that some of the research shows is that overpraise can actually be counterproductive. Mm. We want to be careful about that. What I typically advocate is uh, specific pointed praise. So the other day I got a a really nice note from a colleague here in the hospital, and it was was, was just about appreciating uh, uh, something that I did in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And it was so meaningful to me. It was so uh, it was so nice that uh, somebody said, well, th- I, I appreciate what you did, and this is what you did, and this is why I appreciated it. And, and that really makes it meaningful mm-hmm. as opposed to, oh, you're the best or right. something vague and, and uh, not very specific. Uh, that, was, that was something helpful. But when, uh, I think when we overpraise or overdo things, sometimes kids can pick up that that's not necessarily genuine. Mm-hmm. And we have to be a little careful about that. Um, that's where if if maybe they're not that good at, at a particular sport, but they love it. Right. And and we don't have to necessarily build them up to per, you know pretend that they're the best player on that sport. We have to, you know, we have to moderate things a little bit.
0: So something like if I were to say to my son who's doing wrestling right now, I really, you know, think it's great that you're having so much fun doing this. And I love that you, you know, you uh, praised another kid or something like that. Very, you know, more specific things.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, effort. I think it's the best thing we can, we mm. can really do is, uh, wow, you were out there hustling. You were running up and down that court and, and, and wow, that was awesome to see. You know, so you're giving specific praise on effort, not uh, necessarily the outcome or, you know, you, you had to score three goals, you know, for, to do this, but it right. was just, I, well, I really saw you working hard today.
0: I love this. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I, I think a lot of parents, it's going to really resonate. And it, and it mm. did with me. So I really mm. appreciate you coming in today.
1: The, the other point that I would make is uh, I, I, I use the word resilience a lot. Mm-hmm. And this is something I think is important to think about as a parent in terms of allowing failure. Mm. And, and we don't think about that that much sometimes when we're thinking about self-esteem. But it's really important to allow kids to uh, struggle. And then figure, problem solve. How do I get through this? Not how do I avoid this.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, because sometimes as parents, we just want to be lift our kids up. Oh, you know? absolutely. That's, but that's probably not doing them much good if we're always just you know.
1: And we want to be—that's where the balance is. And there's no easy answers to these things because mm-hmm. we don't—you know—none of us want to see our kids distressed or or upset or uh, you know. And we want to we want to hug them and put them in a little bubble sometimes, but we have to remember that sometimes that struggle um, and then help them learning to how do you get through the season you committed to the season we're going to get through this even though it wasn't the best experience for Mm -hmm. you how can you still put out your effort and enjoy the time even though this might not be your sport sure uh, or or just not doing well in a certain area Uh, and that's how we build resilience as opposed to expecting that everything must go well and I must be an expert at everything immediately right uh, that I can try things and I can do things I may not be great at it but I enjoy it Uh, I can I can I can have my social time, or I can. I like my coach, or I like uh, you know working out, mm-hmm. uh, and I get a lot out of it, even though I'm not the best at it.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Really resonates. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming in today. This was really interesting. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You bet. And thanks so much for listening to the Just Kids Health podcast. Now, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And for more information on how we can help your child, visit childrensomaha.org and follow us on social media.